Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of a egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will thrive, and you will be rewarded. It's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Greetings, friends and neighbors. It is I, EBI Vormalina, your favorite crack engineer. This week's episode contains total spoiler reveals for Far Cry 5 and Far Cry New Dawn, but beat turn us off yet. For your convenience, the show is entirely spoiler-free through the first 27 minutes. Please enjoy this part of the show free from worry that you might be exposed to giant ninja robotic Burt Reynolds renegade spoiler boner penises, spewing hideous gallons of spoiler ejaculate all over you like a nightmare from hell. You will be warned again before the intense spoiler-filled segment begins, so enjoy the show. Also, I am being instructed to fire myself now, so here's Cure K.Y. Sprite. Alright, uh, please keep that in mind, uh, but now we... Hello and welcome... To episode number what oh, what what are we uh, oh episode number two hundred and eighty of the Best Linux Games Podcast being recorded for you on this Sunday the eighth of March twenty twenty at five fifty p.m. the production of which began at exactly what used to be two o'clock in the morning but if you're in the United States what's that Ivor that's right you're fired Ivor but what else. Daylight saving time happened this morning, depending on where you live in the U.S., if you do live in the U.S. We spring forward, so 
what was once 2 o'clock in the morning became 3 o'clock in the morning and now it's almost 5 o'clock in the morning. That would make it for our, your fire dive war. Uh, our sequel friends, the one true time and date format, 2020-0308 at 0550 hours, also known as 5.50 in the morning, which I can't quite wrap my mind around. I hate springing forward. I hate daylight saving time. I hate you, Ivor, but I do love that is a good idea, Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. So, the bulk of this week's show, as you could hear by Ivor's expertly produced, um, yeah, you're you're an engineer to the start. You're a fucking legend, Ivor. You really are. I'm so glad I fired you. Um, as you heard, uh, the bulk of our episode this week is focused on a very spoiler-ridden Far Cry 5. Um, I mean, literally, I've never even put anything like what is at the end of this episode um, in this podcast over our six year or over our previous six years because I hate spoilers, but before we get to all that bullshit, we do actually have a lot of stuff that we need to TikTok through to keep the show from being, from being less than 17 hours long, right Ivor? More whiskey mm. So let's get straight to our top stories We have uh, some top stories and some deals, but the one thing that you really need to know even if you don't want to have Far Cry 5 ruined for you is number one, the Kauai weekend sale is still running now through March 9th that would be tomorrow and there are tons of games in it, a lot of them are not that marked down and then still more of them aren't really that great but there are a few games one in particular that we'll get to in our deal section uh, in a bit that you must buy also unrelated to the Kauai weekend sale one of friend of the show and good you know fine fellow good standing in general one of okay so Blaster PR BPR, aka Blaster um I watch him. I watch everyone. I watch what you guys play. M4 oh last, I don't know, interminable number of months. I'm talking about like three months, four months, something like that. PBR is always online and always playing one game, Monster Hunter World. Except for this game that's been on my wish list for forever and is 50% off. We'll talk about that game in the deals. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I, I've had a fucking insane week. I'm sorry that we're late. It's Sunday morning, obviously. Um, normally, we try to get the show out on Friday or Saturday. But uh, yesterday, I lost my keys and my in, in my house. This is a huge disaster. It sounds funny to people who don't consider what it means when you don't have your car keys or keys to your house or the ability to get your mail especially on a day when you really need an official document that has been delivered to your mailbox um, it took me seven hours 
to find my keys again. And at that point last night, I was so fucking insane. It was very stressful, but I found them. Yes, and by the way, if you're a long-time listener of the show, you're like, well, Seth, why don't you just ring them with your tile? Because you ha- seem to have this problem and in the past, and you know, famously, I you know, when I was a much more drunk human being and much younger and sturdier, made of firmer stuff, um, filled with piss and vinegar, one of the greatest, two greatest uh, drunken... Not, I wasn't even on drugs back then. I mean, now, last night, actually, I wasn't on drugs when I lost my keys, but I was on drugs when I found them. But uh, two of my all-time favorites are, well, three of them in short order. One, uh, bought a new wallet, took out the contents. Uh, I'm shit-faced, like, when I was 23. Took out the contents of the old wallet, put the contents of the old wallet into the new wallet, and then promptly threw away the new wallet in a garbage bag at my house that was a big fucking disaster because I blacked out and I had no idea where the where's my wallet Next day. even better than that one specifically related to this my keys one of the all time greatest was tearing the house apart this is when I had like maybe 27 28 maybe yeah maybe 30 something like that so a long time ago this was you know during the grant administration um, tore my house apart when I woke up the next day, could not find my fucking keys could not find my I tore the house apart I want, I want those plans I want those fucking keys and I had just given up and I went to the refrigerator I got a coke I opened up the freezer to see what I had to eat and yes my keys were in the freezer the all time greatest though all time greatest ever same scenario this is uh before item number two this is like you know between 23 and 25 this is back when I was a massive massive disastrous drunk wake up in the morning incredibly hungover like beyond hungover beyond Thunderdome hungover two hours of sleep I decided I'm going to go get something to drink. Fluids, because I didn't have like a water filter at that house. So I had to, you know, anyway, and I needed water very badly. And I couldn't find my car keys. Three hours of desperate searching. Those of you who live in America and who were raised during a certain period of time, basically the Grand Administration, aka the 1980s, will remember the bags of cookies that we were fed, that we were fed from, that had the pink frosted elephants and the white frosted things all with little sprinkles on them. They're like grandma's animal frosted cookies or whatever. Accidentally kicked a bag on the floor. It bumped against this fucking bag of those cookies you know the big bag that was also on the floor detritus everywhere and I thought I heard a sound or something and so I, I went over there and I kicked it I kicked the, the bag of garbage again and I, I heard the sound again and then I was on the hunt and I'm ripping through this mountain of detritus and I arrive at this 
bag of grandma's cookies thing or whatever the fuck they're called and I literally before I picked it up I was like you know this is not rock bottom but man we're getting close (laughs) that was a long time ago and yes my keys for some reason were inside that bag of cookies which for some reason on the floor I need a pile of clothes and three bags of garbage in a corner (laughs) but what what happened last night was as stressful uh, losing of the keys my tile had died uh, and I knew that it had died three months ago and I just hadn't gone around to replacing it I have a new tile on my keys I'm never losing my keys again I'm never losing my wallet again tile will save you tile, if not you if you don't believe that it'll save you then trust me I know for a fucking fact that I'm never doing this again, it really completely fucked up my life having to suddenly spend seven hours desperate to get into my mailbox desperate to go buy whiskey desperate to know that I can drive my car without having to order a fucking I, I drive oh, I drive a nice car <laughs> meaning that a replacement key isn't something that just magically happens so it was fucked up and, it, and the stress of it rendered me completely insane last night anyways now we're here on Sunday so um happy daylight saving time and uh one last note before we get to the deals uh many thanks to uh friends of the show uh Boldy and uh, BPR Blaster PR and um I'm forgetting someone for something that I should have remembered but I can't do I can't do what was it Ivor oh you have no idea do you Ivor Ask ah, you're a fucking idiot. Why I put him in charge every week? I fight. You're fired, by the way. You're fired. This time it's it. Why I put him in charge every week of putting together the rundown? I do not. All right, deep breaths, deep breaths, deep breaths, deep breaths, deep breaths. Um, but Boldy pointed out in in the Discord a game. One of those things that one of those games and a franchise that I absolutely hate and do not mention, but is widely popular and is something that in all legitimacy should be mentioned. Congratulations to the fan slash creators slash developers behind the Black Mesa project. They have reached 1.0. It is a fan-developed respinning of the original Half-Life I'm not going to go, we don't have time to go into why I absolutely hate the fact that this even exists but trust me I, you know, every, like Truffaut said every man has his resolves um, <laughs> you know hang on the Discord server, you'll, you'll find out or just ask me there, but many thanks to Boldy for pointing that out and it looks am- it looks really good I'm, there's no fucking way on earth I'm going to play it but uh, let's see, Black Mesa, Goldfinger. Oh, thank you, Ivor, for once again putting this right in the show, right in the rundown, right where it's supposed to be. Right? Yeah. No. No, you didn't, did you? You didn't do that. In fact, you did the opposite. It's not there at all. 
Um, oh, shit. I can't find it on Steam, and we're running out of time already. So, without further ado, let's get to the deals, and we can... For those of you who wish to uh, hear my thoughts about the ending of Far Cry 5 and other aspects of Far Cry 5 going into the sequel, Far Cry New Dawn, um, stick around after the deals and, you know, blah, but for everyone else, after the deals, you can jump ship on this week's episode. It's, you know, I, I would never ruin a game for anyone if I could, if, if, if there was any way I could help it, so hook and crook, I've done everything I can to not ruin any of the, either of those games but we do have some deals for you hit it Ivor based up with it, fucker what, what, what do you mean? oh, fuck you alright, Ivor is for once in his miserable fucking life and his dead as fuck career, which is over now. Oh, it's over. Let's see. Maybe it's like your career. I think it might be fucked. Let's make sure. Oh, oh yeah. It's fucked, Ivor. Oh, it's totally fucked. See what I've done? This piece of office equipment? Um, we don't actually have a deals bumper. I should know that after six years. Because normally deals go at the end of the show. Here are this week's deals. As I mentioned, the Kawaii Weekend Sale is running now through March 9th, so you still have uh, about uh, 24 plus-ish hours, maybe, uh, to avail yourself of the deals. There's only one that I really care about in this whole sale, and it's one that you should care about, too, and you should gift, you should buy it for yourself and gift it to everybody else. Because it's $3, it's 90% off. It is called Yaiba. Y-A-I-B-A which thank, again, many thanks go out to a friend of the show Jeff Jeffy Wise, who actually can read kanji and knows Japanese he, he between our brains, we've kind of figured out that it either it means something like be the sword power or something like that it's like a it's like a neologism in, in Japanese I guess. Because Ha is Blade, and that's like kind of what the kanji for... Anyway, Yaiba, I don't know how to pronounce it, Ninja Gaiden Z. Which came out a while ago. This game runs great on Linux. Couple of notes about it, though. You will need to run... I uh, I had to run the uh, MF install fix to get the cinemas to work. And then, um, um, if you look up Yaiba, Ninja Gaiden Z... On Proton DB, there is a. Uh, I think there was also a uh, launch parameter that you have to add for it to work. And then I let me see if I'm actually running it via Glorious Agrol's Proton. No, I'm just using straight up whatever vanilla Proton is at this moment. Um, it's not difficult to get it to work. It's, you know, you should be pretty used to those fixes, having to do those fixes in one configuration or another for many different other games. If you're not, then you can go to ProtonDB and just look it up and you can piece it together. If you still run into problems, hit us up on the Discord. But the point is, this game runs great on Linux. It is a fantastic reboot. It is really good. It's super fun. 
it's completely fucking insane. Um, it's Ninja Gaiden that you remember, but now we've Cyborg Ninjas, some of the best uh, cinema sequences that I have seen outside of Fist of the North Star, not just in games, but anywhere. The the it's like you're playing a fucking living comic book slash anime, but the opening cinema is I mean it's worth the three dollars that they are asking for just right there. Even if you hate the game. And trust me, the game is difficult to hate. It is pretty challenging. It is nowhere near as difficult as the last Ninja Gaiden game that I played, which was for the uh, original Xbox, I want to say. Yeah. A thousand years ago during the Grant administration. That game, you gotta get that game. It's three dollars. That is cheaper than a pack of cigarettes in Las Vegas. And don't smoke, kids. It's bad for you. And don't drink. And uh, remember, every time you touch yourself, the saints cry, and Mike Pence gives another unwed single rape victim coronavirus and then kills the mother so that the, the infant can be born to fine, magical thinking parents from the Trump administration so we can all die of coronavirus together the way God intended remember kids, science it's bad political madness and the end of the, the potential end of the fucking human race as we know it aside the other game that we have in our deals that you so BPR always is playing he literally he said this to me numerous times in chat Monster Hunter World, you don't understand. Monster Hunter World is life. Monster Hunter World is life. It is the only life. Monster Hunter World is life! Nine times out of ten for the last, like, four months, BPR is online and I'm playing Monster Hunter World. And a lot of time, he's streaming it, too. Monster Hunter World is a game that we covered the day it came out, but was very buggy for us initially. It was the early days of Proton 2, not my favorite game. The One of the only other games that I've seen BPR playing consistently, and BPR is a fucking genius, by the way, just like Bully Lockers. Bully Lockers is, Bully Lockers is pretty smart, and he's a better guy in BPR. Like, I mean, just like, you know, character-wise. Not that like, I'm assigning judgment or like recriminations to people, but, you know, just saying. <laughs> I'm kidding. Both awesome geniuses, etc. But BPR is a fucking electrical engineer, and he's, he's a lot of... He's a weird motherfucker, and he's fun to talk to. Only other game that he... he The only other game that I've seen him can play the, the, the one out of ten times that he's not playing Monster Hunter World uh, has been him playing Celeste, C-E-L-E-S-T-E, which has been on my personal wish list for, uh, has to be well over a year, because the game is normally very expensive. Right now, and let's get the latest thing, right now, for the next 27 hours and 49 minutes, as of 0600, yeah, it's, it's 6.10 in the morning. It's so weird, daylight saving time. 
normally it's 20 bucks. This is a side-scrolling platformer that BPR, last time I saw him playing it, which was sometime earlier this week before it went on sale, um, and I bought it. I have not had time to actually experience Celeste myself, but uh, I was like, oh, dude, what are you doing? You know, you want to play some whatever? And he's like, no, I have to get all the last achievements for Celeste. When BPR says something that crazy to you, that means that a guy who knows what the fuck really loves a game. And now, for the through the next almost 28 hours, you can get Celeste. This game never goes on sale. Not at 20 bucks, but 66% off at $6.79. Now, without further ado, let's talk. Yeah, this is where you would turn off the show and go to the next thing in your playlist if you don't want the ending of Far Cry 5, dissected, ruined, and then certain major spoilers for the sequel Far Cry New Dawn revealed to you. So, I spent a lot of time thinking about and struggling with and over um, this week's feature. If you're hearing this and you've not played Far Cry 5 or Far Cry New Dawn and are one of those people, such as myself, who absolutely hate spoilers, then I need you to turn this off immediately because I'm going to ruin the ending of Far Cry 5 for you and I'm going to explain why I did not like it. So you have exactly five seconds left. After this, we'll get to the end of the show. Um, there's, you know, no more deals, no more other games. Those are the only two games that we're going to be talking about from now on, and they are going to be as spoiler-ridden as... They're going to be way beyond spoiler-ridden. And at least in terms of, like, uh, the history of the of this podcast. I hate spoilers. I don't like ruining things. Five, four, three, two, one. Alright, cool. So if you're still here. So, if you listened to uh, our episode two weeks ago, I think, uh, where we reviewed Far Cry 5 and extolled its many virtues, and justly so, in between then and now, I've beaten Far Cry 5, and I have to tell you that the ending of this game... I'm not kidding when I say this is going to be fucking spoiler ridden. I mean, we're starting with the ending of that game and it took me 80 hours to get to the end of that game. The ending of Far Cry 5 wasn't... At first, it was very upsetting. That's the first thing. Second thing, it was very insulting. These two things, I'm going to do my best to not conflate them. This is not a... We're not correcting our review of Far Cry 5. Although, when we did our review, we had not yet beaten the game. We had logged like fucking 50 hours in it. And that's more than enough. And we had, you know, three quarters... I think I think I was three quarters of the way through the game. 
when we did that review. So if anyone wants to hassle me about, oh, well, you seen the fucking review that if you didn't like it, yeah, okay, well, you try to fucking play two hundred over two hundred and fifty games on average every single year. You tell me if this podcast re- criteria for reviews, which are simple, you either have beaten the game or have lo- and or have logged at least 20 hours in the game that those are our absolute those two one don't I don't review a game unless those two things are true and it's just from my background in print journalism it keeps me out of trouble generally but I don't have unlimited time and lots of times it's more important to get the review out after I after I have an understanding of the game and have com- and have you know uh, fulfilled those baseline criteria, so I beat Far Cry Five. Now, for those of you who are uninitiated, I'm sorry because you're going to have the ending of the game ruined for you now. So I really suggest that you just turn off this podcast and go to the next thing in your in your playlist. So Far Cry Five. Um, takes place in present day uh, Hope fictional Hope County, Montana which has been overrun and then corrupted by uh, Joseph Seed a, uh, a, a Christian militant Christian fundamentalist with um, apocalyptic with an apo- with, what's the word with, with a cult an apocalyptic Christian sect cult of hallucinogenic fuel deranged um followers who are willing who are ready willing and able drugged up and have been trained to do this guy's every bidding that is the background you play the rookie a uh a cop who accompanies the sh- the local sheriff and a federal marshal in to serve an arrest warrant to Joseph Seed. This is the beginning of the game. The arrest goes poorly. Joseph Seed tells you that you are only helping him to fulfill everything is coming true, his prophecies and blah. By the way, these guys are not nice people. These are not good people. These are... I. You know, I'm half Latvian Jew, half Irish Catholic, raised in both traditions, believer in none, in neither, as an adult. These people are not Christians. These people are fucking drugged out monsters. They are a psychotic, apocalyptic, militant, violent cult. They kill innocent people. They crucify people. And they've taken over slowly at first, but steadily because they've gone unchecked they've taken over all aspects of Hope County, they've corrupted all elements of it, they've driven out most, they've driven out, killed press ganged, recruited or enslaved um most everyone that they want to in Hope County uh, they've destroyed their businesses they've burned their homes, they have murdered their children they are fucking monstrous. And they are all, this is all because of this one fucking asshole. This motherfucker Joseph Seed. So the arrest goes badly, and then you spend the rest of the game hunting, fishing, taking over 
Uh, by the way, the cult is called uh, Project at Eden's Gate, the Peggies. Taking over their major bases, eating into their infrastructure, and in a completely freeform sandbox, absolute open world, traversable by land, sea, and air, and foot. Um, basically stopping this cult. And in order to stop the cult, because you're cut off from all communication after your helicopter goes down and you discover that the local law enforcement is actually in league with the Peggies, and you get separated from the federal marshal, um, you're basically on your own. You get taken in by a guy who doesn't like you much more than the Peggies, but he hates the Peggies. Uh, and he basically lays it out, lays out the rest of the game for you. He's like, alright, go forth my, my little fucking whatever the fuck you are little wannabe lawman or whatever the, you know, blah go forth and do great justice build a resistance by rallying the remaining stragglers um, some by choice, some absolutely not by choice uh, who remain in Hope County, bring them all together and you know, basically create a militia of sorts to counter Joseph Seed and his bleak apocalyptic vision for the future. In order to do this, you have to, like I said, you have to take over outposts and stuff, but you also have to recruit people, which means lots of very interesting missions, and the game is gorgeous and so much fun to play and absolutely completely free will. The illusion of free will is like the best part of the game. Cinema sequences are incredible. In order to beat the game, you have to kill Joseph Seed's uh, lieutenants. There are three of them. They each control a separate (coughs) huge amount of real estate in Hope County. Before you can face them, you have to weaken their hold over the territory that they control. Basically by uh, turning uh, crucial allies who will fight alongside of you um, as your companions and you can order them around you can only have one Um, or by uh, uh, taking over and reclaiming the the businesses and locations that um, lieutenants have you know taken over and driven off the uh the rightful owners or whatever sometimes it's a public utility but there's a lot of them there's a lot of them there's three areas the lieutenants are um, Jacob Seed, John Seed, who has control. Okay, Jacob Seed has control over the northern part of the map. John Seed has control over the southwestern part of the map. And Faith Seed has control. She is, she's the, she's special. She has control over the eastern side of the map, which is a huge, huge chunk of the map. There are these white flowers that the people at Project at Eden's Gate who literally believe that something that they call the collapse is upon us um, and that the world is going to end and that what they're doing in some way is meant to usher in uh, the coming new order where they will be safe and the rest of the world and all of its wickedness and injustices or whatever. It's not really clear because it's just like any other cult. Cults don't recruit 
mindless, deranged, brainwashed followers by um, using sound logic, science, rational thinking, flowcharts, and um, uh, yeah, rational thinking in general. They No, they rely on the cult of personality of their leader, who is obviously infallible, who to whose orders must be obeyed because he's the emissary to, sent directly to save you and you've been chosen you've been chosen by Heaven's Gate by Project at Eden's Gate, the Peggies um whether you like it or not you are, if they want you they will press gang you into joining their cult and that also relies on brainwashing which also relies on constantly being dosed with psychopharma- heavy psychopharmacopic hallucinogenic substances in this case it's called bliss, they call it bliss and so they've seeded the entire valley of Hope County with these white flowers that even if you're just like in game and you're hunting or fishing or whatever, you you learn to stay away from the white flowers because they, you start tripping if you're just walking through them. Like you, if you've ever been on acid, that's exactly what starts to slowly happen in the game anytime you're in white flowers and they're everywhere, um, which is great. Those are the product of faith seed. So you have Joseph the leader, faith one of the lieutenants. John, one of the lieutenants, and Jacob, one of the lieutenants. Each one of the lieutenants has a very specific personality, although once you get later into the game, at least the way it ended up that I played it, it they kind of start wearing a little thin, but whatever. You One of the neat things about the game is you get captured again by the cult. When Joseph, when, when you really fuck with the Peggies, when you really hurt their infrastructure when you really come after a lieutenant there's a meter at the top of the screen when you look at your map as you hover over each area Um, and that meter represents how close you are to actually getting a showdown with that area's lieutenant how pissed off they are with you for directly fucking with them and their interests in their areas but long before you even get a chance to really fight any of the lieutenants all it takes is like I, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly what the criteria are because this happens a lot throughout the game it happens like maybe 15 times you'll piss off Joseph Seed himself by like take the first you know like the third outpost you overtake or whatever right at the beginning of the game um, we'll piss him off and he will send out his hunters what this means is he'll come on your radio and he'll say something fucking insane, vaguely biblical and uh, he'll he'll preachify you he'll give you bleak prophecy about who you are what you're doing, how you don't understand or how you've been chosen but anyway, the bottom line is this after that message, a little thing will pop up on your screen, and it'll say that you've been marked. This means you have, like, maybe hmm, it doesn't matter where you are. You can be underground in K-1 
caves or in sewer tunnels or drainage tunnels or inside of the belly of a sunken river boat uh, or a dredger. You can be in an airplane at you know the height limit of the game. You can be in a helicopter, a truck, a boat. You could be fishing. You could be shooting his followers. You could be talking to an NPC, and that's one of the great things about the game. All the NPCs are absolutely worth talking to because it's the only way that you really find out um, what locations are nearby, and also one of the only ways that you can unlock special side quests, and everything in the game almost is a side quest. But once you're marked, you have about 45 seconds, maybe two minutes, I think the longest I've ever survived, two minutes, it doesn't matter even if like you see them coming, like even if you're on foot on the ground with a heavy machine gun, you know, non-mounted and you have all your grenades ready and you are ready to kill them and you do kill them, it doesn't matter. Ultimately what will happen is the screen will fade to white and the implication being that you've been darted by one of these super unkillable, invisible um, Peggy uh, uh, hunter assassins people who are sent specifically to gather one specific target it doesn't matter where they are there's no escaping them either and then you have a first person cutscene where you're you know something horrible happens you have to deal with one of one of Seed's lieutenants or Seed himself or both at the same time and they will talk at you and they will preachify at you and they will torture you and eventually, like I said I'm going to ruin everything for you in this game eventually they will turn you your own motives as the player are your own and this is the most unforgivable thing about the ending of this game and one of the great geniuses of it I resented from the very first time that I ended up in Jacob's kill house. Jacob is the ex-military guy who controls the northern part of the map. J- Jacob Seed. And he's a real fucking idiot. And a massive asshole. For those of you who have already played the game, you'll know what I mean when I say, only you can make this world seem right. You're so doped up on Bliss that you eventually lose touch with reality and that's what Bliss does they also turned the uh, marshal that you went with eventually they turn but you, you save or you can save the sheriff that you were inserted with you cannot save the marshal the marshal becomes full Peggy because the drugs make you literally lose touch with reality and make you um, what's the word you're highly suggestible and so you don't even hear the orders that you're given blah so once you get to Jacob here's the deal once you get to Jacob and you get to his pleasure palace after the hunters come and get you this is kind of later in the game because I killed Faith I killed John first then Faith and I loved killing that cunt and there were consequences every time you punch the Peggies they punch back and the cinema sequences are fantastic the voice acting is f- wonderful throughout um, and generally the cinema sequences are very effective and it's it's insidious because once you get to Jacob Seed you start to realize that 
every time you black out and stuff from from either you know getting darted or just experiencing a cinema sequence all of them are bliss related and as you see what the bliss has done to other people other characters in the game you begin to intuit that these same things are happening to you at regular intervals and in case you're slow on the uptake by the time Jacob catches you and by the time you're dealing with fighting Jacob they make it explicit um, like for instance you wake up in a cage and you re- and uh, Jacob's there and he's putting dog food in a bowl and he pushes it just to the edge of the cage just so you can reach it and all of a sudden you're I mean like intensely your hands go out and you're scooping this fucking dog food into your mouth and he, he looks off into the distance or whatever in, in his fucked up compound pleasure nest prison deprogramming brainwashing camp says seven days yeah it's hard to go seven days when I was in Iraq I did seven days you're gonna need your strength though oh yes you know it and then you know Joseph the the head guy is there and he's like yeah I think it gets in your face while you're trying to eat your dog food and you're like I've been out for seven days. What have been? What have I been doing for seven days? And that is that. I, if I remember correctly, that's the first time that you end up in the kill house. Jacob Seed has a special power over you beyond the hallucinogenic and uh, hypno psychoactive effects of the bliss. Something very special. He uses. Um, basically, not it's not post-hypnotic su- suggestion, and eventually they explain this to you, but for the long, and when they do, it's great because it's just like, they just mention it. It's like in a radio when it's in a radio message from from Joseph that you could easily miss if you don't pay attention to the game. It's not like, you know, a big fucking message pops up. Anyway, he uses basically a hypnotic um, suggestion thing where he has a stimulus trigger that allows him to control your mind in this case it's a music box and in this case you are programmed to respond to the tune only you can make this world seem right only you and this is what this is how he this is how Jacob brainwashed he's the guy who's in charge of uh training and culling the weak out of all of the recruits out of all the people they press gang out of all the cult monkeys that they have and the weak are good for target practice crucifixion and uh fragging and um general cannon fodder but the strong become allocated to various different positions throughout the Peggy's army underneath Joseph Seed so the first time you end up in this pleasure compound you realize that something is bad, very bad is happening to you and that they're fucking with your mind and you realize this because and I realized this the second I was in that fucking cage the first time at the end of it at the end of you know whatever he'll pull out when, when they're done talking to you or whatever oh you don't understand yet but you will or yes now you understand or whatever fucking crazy dumb as fuck Dirt Rock st- 
stupid, fucking megalomaniacal, you know, malignant, narcissistic, fucking cult bullshit they want to, you know, pump into your head sometimes just to taunt you he'll pull out a music box or over the, you know, camp's loudspeakers, you'll hear only, and then you black out and this begins one of the most irritating parts of the game that I really resented you wake up in what is essentially a kill house there are enemies in every room, they are always the rooms are always the same they always look the same the enemies are always in the same positions they always do the exact same things you have to get to the end of this kill house if you, you have a limited amount of time and I tried for three, almost two hours the, the first whole fucking time that I was in the kill house to not kill anybody because when you kill these guys, they vanish, and I knew that they would vanish. They just turn to to they 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 evaporate, like as if they're they're vorpal, like they're they're non non corporal beings. They they they're they're hallucin they're hallucinations. And the first time I saw this, I said, "Okay, they're making you kill real people. It's not these real people, but they're 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 make while you do this, you are killing real people." in the Hope County that you, by that part, part point in the game, have really come to like and have really strong attachments to actual personalities and real NPCs who have a lot to say and some of them, you know, fight with you um, but, you know, all sorts of, you have real strong feelings, either you know, for or against um, the average citizen who still remains in Hope County and who wants to resist the Peggies, and you come to hate the Peggies. And the first time you go through the kill house, you wake up and you're free. You're like in the middle of nowhere. Some guy is like there screaming at you. You're in the middle of nowhere. You're like in the woods in Montana. And he runs away or whatever. And there's some dead guy on the ground, but that's not, you know, that's not unusual really for Hope County at this point. But I resented these sequences from the first one that they made me play because they ultimately you can't really get through them without having to kill people because you need the kills to get more time to reach the end and eventually and the, towards the end of the kill house once you're about two thirds of the way through the kill house you're lucky if I mean I'm I got very fucking good at this game and I got amazingly good at this kill house in fact I I got so good at the kill house that by the third or fourth time I didn't even need to use weapons anymore I would just chain kill my melee kills um, for like the first two thirds of it the last third of it I always ended up resorting to weapons and just shooting people in the fucking head because you have to because there's so many of them and they're so heavily armed that there's no way to survive it without really just murdering them with firearms because they're they're different ranges they're in you know anyway it's a shooting gallery and it's a kill house and you know blah I resented this because all of this time in the game like maybe 40 hours of the game I really felt like I had free will 
they make you do the kill house a lot of times. They make you do it like maybe five times. I was sick of it and I hated it after the first time I completed it. The second time I the second time I got there, the second time they took me back to the kill house to make me kill again after giving me some speeches and some indoctrination and filling me in on the latest in Peggy Land, I literally turned off the game after, you know, I saved it, I turned off the game and I didn't play it for like two days because I was, I was just it, it's so infuriating every time you complete the kill house it becomes more in- increasingly obvious even for the most obtuse and uh, clueless player that the time that you spend in that hallucinogenic psycho kill house place corresponds to huge swaths of time in the real world and they do this, they, they explain this to you very cleverly by showing you instead of telling you meaning by like the third or fourth time you come out of the kill house you'll get like a radio message from one of your friends either uh, part of the Hope County Cougars who are one aspect of the resistance or the Whitetail Militia who are another aspect of the organized resistance against the Peggies both organizations that you've worked with and have built up and you know are completely supportive of and who are your allies and your friends and your brothers in arms like uh, by the third or fourth time you come out of you know the kill house you'll be again somewhere in the wilderness or whatever and there'll be a lot of dead people around you in fact there'll only be dead people around you but that's not the first clue that like you are doing this and all of these dead people are innocent civilian type dead people it's elegant the way they do this it's very artful you get a radio message hey Rook we've been wondering where the fuck you've been but we imagine you're out there bushwhacking them peggies or doing something or busy with other things but it's been a long fucking time since we've seen you and we need your help back at the prison or what you know back at you know or you know eventually they make you kill your friends (laughs) well they don't make you kill your friends but they've made you kill a lot of innocent people and all of these fucking hallucinogenic fucking speechifying end of the world apocalyptic dumb fucks um, all of whom like you know buy strenuously into prepper culture which is not something I'm into but it's something I understand uh, not just from like an academic perspective but like I know people who I will not name I know one person in particular who has a fucking compound. Uh, but I won't say, I am i can't really talk about him. Blah. But anyway, I understand Montana survivalist culture. I spent a lot of time in Montana uh, when I was uh, a younger kid. I, I, I really learned how to fish in Montana. Um, and I mean backwoods Montana. I'm talking about Belt Montana, which is a mailbox about 20 minutes outside of oh no, Belt Montana literally is a mailbox at a crossroads it's not a fancy mailbox it's a post there's nothing but wilderness all around actually fields and rattlesnakes I spent basically a month 30 minutes outside of Belt and Belt is about 3 hours outside of Missoula anyway and so I understand survivalist culture I understand and I also 
generally appreciate the impulse um, for survivalism. I do not really understand what we now call preppers because generally that's a fancy word for a soccer mom with too much money and absolutely no fucking practical thoughts in her head has done no reading and has like this weird fucking walking dead fantasy of some sort of weird post-apocalyptic post-nuclear world in which they're gonna just tool around in a fucking you know uh either ATV or a Hummer with like a fucking HMG or a fucking shotgun anyway, me and my friends who have been talking about these sorts of things long before it was called being a prepper just discussing them in terms of academic circles and just basically as an outgrowth of general survivalism and you know also video game culture too, I'm talking about like 15, 18 years ago and, and I've been thinking about it my whole fucking life because I grew up tortured by visions of nuclear apocalypse which was a very real thing when I was growing up in the 80s, in fact it was a constant real thing and as the Soviet Union became increasingly destabilized, even as a fucking 5 year old kid I would sit, unable to sleep, awake at fucking 5 o'clock in the morning out here in Las Vegas, my parents house on the edge of town, which was which is now the center of town, and I would stare at my blinds watching as the sun slowly turned those white blinds into this gray, and then this bright, this dull amber, and then this bright, and that's when I knew that it was 5.30 and my first thought was not, oh, I should really go to sleep. I have to get to fucking school in like an hour and a half. No, it was literally sitting there. My first thought as a five-year-old was now is the perfect time for a full-scale intercontinental ballistic missile strike against the continental United States. And then I would tick down everything that would happen and why and exactly how much time I had I, I was obsessed with this shit and it was absolutely terrifying I kind of never really fully escaped from that but anyway, that's me so back to the game, back to Far Cry 5 so there, so eventually you kill Jacob Seed it's not a very satisfying killing any of the lieutenants is not as satisfying but it's intentionally not as satisfying which is good, I appreciate that element to the narrative and to how smart the game generally is to combine one of my most intensely beloved aspects of modern video games when they are at their best the, for me the illusion of maintaining the illusion of free will is absolutely the hallmark of every great video game ever made throughout all of history, including the arcade years, including all the way to the present day. We're talking from Galaga to Major Havoc to um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, uh, which is probably one of the best expressions of the exact qualities, no binary choices, no binary dialogue, things where, you know, blah, nothing obvious, nothing obtuse, it tells you a story, but you can go anywhere and literally do anything you want and don't 
and have actual options in terms of choices for the story by who do you work for, what do you do, all of which ultimately becomes an expression more of who you are in reality transplanted into the video game world of your character and then you wrap it all up with a great story this is very difficult to do and I call it the illusion of free will because it's only an illusion this game Far Cry 5 does a great job with this for the first okay it took me about 80 hours to beat the game for the first oh 79 and a half hours ultimately you've killed all of Joseph Seed's lieutenants and it's so great to see just in terms of like when you're walking around the the game map is enormous it is fucking huge takes like maybe I'd say it takes if you get to max altitude in an airplane as fast as possible from takeoff and you have a fast, one of the faster planes, it takes at least 10 minutes at max altitude to get from one side of the map to the other but you'll be too busy doing other things before you can even do that it takes a lot longer on, it takes way longer on foot, it'll take you from one corner of the southwest bottom of the map to get to the middle kind of the center of the whole map the border of the, of uh, John Seed's territory on foot will take you on foot will take you anywhere from blah, without fast traveling it'll take you maybe three hours over hill and over dale over river you know blah without any vehicles it'll, t- it'll take you a long time to get to the so it's huge and so it's a big playground the game wants you to feel like you have choices and decisions. Of course, Joseph Seed keeps babbling at you about you know, all of the Seed lieutenants hint occasionally, sometimes more vaguely, sometimes less vaguely that you're just a pawn and that you're just helping to fulfill Joseph's prophecies which like come, they have like three steps or something, but none of them are explicitly spelled out to you. But anyone with any half-wit bit of an imagination can obviously understand oh yes we came to arrest him and therefore you know we are the fucking Philistines sent to prove the the prophet was correct by his prophecy that he will escape their slings and arrows and injustices and it will only accelerate um you know the great plan for Peggy's you know blah 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 now, at hour 74-ish of this game, I happen to be in a truck and you can change the radio stations, but there's like three radio stations. I start hearing messages over the radio, newscast style messages that I either had missed throughout the entirety of the game previously to this or which only begin broadcasting as you get closer and closer to finally the final showdown against Joseph Seed before I tell you what these messages these news broadcasts say I have to give you some critical things about them that are problematic they are incredibly quiet in fact 
even once I heard one, the, one of the biggest things that hit me, that struck me about, about a, after hearing one, it's difficult to hear them over the engine and they are much quieter than the music that's normally being broadcast. The level is, the, literally the gain is m- much lower. And it does not sound, you can, you can completely miss them. So I'm not sure if they've all, if they're there throughout the entirety of the game, because uh, I generally don't, f- didn't favor, um, ground vehicles that much. Uh, I, I preferred helicopters, airplanes, and, uh, yeah, parachutes, wingsuits, and, uh, my feet. Cause it's easier to sneak up on enemy installations that way. But anyway, and there's no radio in the helicopters. This is problematic because also throughout the entire game, all of these elaborate locations, all of these survival bunkers, which are fairly fucking common in uh, in Montana and just in a, in rural America in general, it starts off as a storm cellar. Or maybe if you go back to the 50s in the duck and cover era, or maybe to Reagan in the collapse of the Soviet Union, maybe a root cellar becomes a bomb shelter, becomes a little prepper basement thing for you to survive the end times. You read a lot of people's notes about what the Peggy's have done to them, why they've been run off their land, or how they have seen their friends, family, neighbors, children... Uh, either tormented and killed in front of them or press ganged and brainwashed into the Peggies etc 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 or why they became Peggies themselves there's a lot of prepper survivalist culture throughout the game but I only started hearing these radio news broadcasts only at the very end of the game these radio news broadcasts are very nondescript but also very bleak. And if you can hear them, they sound very authentic and very similar to other, you know, not emergency announcements. There's no announcement from the emergency broadcasting system. These are just like, you know, top of the hour now, the news in the in the you know, global political situation appears to have only gotten worse as talks have broken down. But this is really quiet. You can only hear it like it's like a, you know, talks appear to have broken down. And, I mean, conflict seems uh, inevitable. Uh, sources close to, you know, uh, sources close to both parties uh, saying that the uh, you know, line trust is now the number one issue on the negotiating. You know, shit like that. Like, if you could hear that, then you fucking win a prize. So, like, and I only heard two of them ever in the game. And neither, I, I actually I heard three of them. None of them were actually descriptive of anything enough for me to be worried. So, welcome to the end of the game. Now you're going to have the final confrontation with Joseph Seed. He drugs you up. Well, actually, you don't have to be drugged. He invites you. 
and you can go there when you're ready. I was trying to finish up the last couple of collection side quests and the last couple of uh, uh, side quests that I could because you get perk points for all of them and you, you know it makes you better. But I had unlocked basically everything, and ultimately one night I land, I ended up in the middle of the map, which is you know, where the game starts, at that church where you originally tried to arrest him. And so, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I was stoned, and it was 79 and a half hours of the game, and blah. So, I'm like, oh, I'm here. Okay, well, you know what? Let's do this. Evidently, you know, I, I accidentally you know, landed there. So, this big glorious cinema sequence, all of which are in the first person. You never really get to see yourself in, in Far Cry 5 uh, in the cutscenes or anything, because it's, it's the whole game is in the first person, which is a fascinating challenge, and they, they do a, a great job of tackling it. All of your friends, all, like, sick, uh, well, let's see, I, I, don't, I, I can't name them, and I can't go through them without looking them up, but I want to say there are six to eight people who have fought beside you, who you've trained up and who you've given orders to, including a dancing bear, including a dog, including a fucking cougar named Peaches, who I love Peaches, a sniper, a fucking badass pastor with a shotgun and the attitude of shaft and the balls to match it, all different kinds, all of them are there and he has captured them all and he now gives you oh and by the way he tips over all these barrels of bliss and everyone is instantly way stoned out of their mind and he begins doing his speech, you know, his preachifying speechifying, you know uh, false prophet evangelizing bullshit and he's and then he hits you with a fucking binary choice. A one, a one or a zero. And you've been warned about this choice by one of the last uh, lieutenants that you killed. You say, you're gonna make a choice, you won't even fucking know you, and they die. And so now, and I, you know, you spend the rest of the game hoping that that is not true. And no, it's true. Because this is the stupidest, worst way that they could, after all of this time, all of this effort in terms of development, in terms of fine-tuning the quality assurance, making this whole free-form, massive wilderness adventure of just insane graphic gunplay and horrific acts of tremendous violence and injustice and all of the morals and all of the everything and all the bullshit and all the drugs and all the people that you've seen brainwashed to kill your friends before blowing their own fucking brains out because you can't stop them they've turned on you after all of this shit after all the struggles, privation after all of it comes down to a yes or no choice, which is the worst because by the way, a binary choice rule number one of the illusion of free will maintaining the illusion of free will to the video game is that a binary choice that you are made consciously aware of isn't even a binary choice and these sorts of things take me completely 
out of the video game. I instantly am aware, no longer in a story where I'm fighting for, you know, whatever it is I may be fighting for or against or for whoever I may or may not be fighting for. All of a sudden, I'm getting pissed on by a lazy developer who has a very specific, obviously, idea of what it is I'm meant to do and is so fucking devoted to this fixed, this idea fixed that is usually usually developers are smart enough or respectful enough of my time and intelligence to at least pepper the game prior to making me play 79 hours of it with total free will before fucking pissing in my mouth with literally I like you, do you like me, circle one yes, no could be, it doesn't matter what the fuck the question is. Blue is black, red is green. Press, you know, left mouse button for selection one, or for, for selection zero, and press the enter bar for selection two. Anyway, you're faced with an ultimatum by Joseph Seed. He has all of your friends, and they are there, they are bound, they are gagged, they are on their knees, and every one of them has their own executioner, and you are all outgunned. There's literally like 10 guys there and they are within 3 meters of you and there's Joseph Seed behind you he offers you this devil's bargain you can either say you know what and this is how he frames it he says I'm going to give you your choice, the choice that you've been building up for this entire time which just doubly pisses in my mouth it's like at this point it's a grotesque insult to your to your intelligence at this point because you you know anytime it's a binary choice you know that there is no choice especially that late in the game <sighs> it's 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 bad develop- I mean it really it's one of the things I hate most in all video games he says okay well look you see your friends are in great distress you've brought nothing but pain and suffering to them you've killed my family I'll give you the opportunity. You take your friends and and leave me my flock. Or, you know, face the, you know, wrath of, you know, wrath of me or God or whatever. Then, so I obviously am not fucking leaving with my friends. This man is fucking evil. I've seen him crucify people. He has made me kill people. I've seen him make people kill their own friends. This guy has got to be stopped. So, obviously, I'm going to fight him. That sequence is really cool. I won't explain the mechanics. Well, yes, I will. The mechanics are simple. All of your friends are now drugged up. And by the way, Joseph tells you this. They've joined him. They've all been brainwashed. They all hate you. They are all true believers, Dr. Jones. They are all members of Project at Eden's Gate. And so, it's you versus everyone that you've trained up with over the 79 hours of the game to become deadly killing machines plus 10 fucking normal, heavily armed, heavily body armored 
foot soldiers while you're all on drugs and they're all trying to kill you and the thing is you have to kill each one of your friends then revive them when they're down and then keep them alive after you've killed and revived all of them and after they are all revived they can die again and if they die again you know you lose um so it's a it's tricky you have to do a lot of killing on a lot of drugs with a lot of hurrying to be and they help they they, they there's a big then there was a gunfight eventually you get them all up and you're all fucking attacking Joseph and this is at the church by this lake and in my game it happened at midday it's beautiful perfect gorgeous lake wilderness church and the fucking foulness of Joseph Seed staring you in the face and you've won you've, you've won you've, you've, well, you know, you've, you know you've beaten that whole thing with your friends And he's speechifying at you and he's just pouring these giant, you know, blue, blue, green barrel, you know, blue barrels like on highway dividers of water full with liquid vaporized bliss. And he's, you know, howling at you, you know, look what you've done. And And he gets right in your face. And that's when boom. Behind him and it's actually, I, I can't remember the exact sequence of it because I was so angry when this happened. It basically says something like, You see, it's happened. There's this. This whole, whole rest of the sequence is amazing. It's especially someone who has spent their entire life considering the implications of this you're about to take him into custody or whatever and boom there's a big flash in the distance and you hear this sound and my first thought was no that can't be but then you see it and it is, it is a gigantic mushroom cloud. And now Joseph Seed is telling you this is exactly as I foretold it. The collapse is upon us. And so, first, my first thought was, oh, he has a he had a dirty nuke. The fucking Peggy stole a nuke. And they just nuked one of their armories. We have to run now, though. We have to get the fuck away. So you and all your friends get into a pickup truck and you drive this, like as a player you drive this and as you're driving, as the shock wave and the first dust, massive just bleak wall of dust and debris from that shock, from, from, the, from the first bombs uh, shock wave hit the church and that area is a it's a wall of death you have to flee and all of a sudden that noonday that peaceful noonday suddenly becomes the sun becomes dimmed from the smoke and the the actual dust and the 
the woods become on fire and you guys are driving as fast as you can and that's when you see the second mushroom cloud and then the third and the fourth and anyway you try to get to the guy who saved you at the beginning of the game Dutch's bunker along the way you crash the car you kill every one of your friends in the truck and you are pulled from the wreckage right at Dutch's bunker by someone humming amazing grace under their breath you go the the um, double hatch to Dutch's bunker opens in those familiar stairs and you black out you wake up immediately you are chained to a bed frame in one of Dutch's bunk beds and the first thing you see is Dutch lying there with brains blown out on the floor next to you and your character looks up and you see Joseph Seed and he tells you what you already know the entire world above is over and the last fucking thing he says which is so asinine at this point leans in your face and says the last thing he says all my flock's gone all I have now is you it's you and me down here and I was right which is such nihilistic fucking bullshit fade to black and that's the end of the game now one of the irritating things about the binary choice of you know do you just get your friends and leave him to his little fiefdom or do you fight him is that all this post-apocalyptic nonsense this, this apocalyptic militant Christian you know uh, evangelical twisted evangelical it's not Christian Christianity all this bullshit is all bullshit but the developers decided and then decide to drive it in to your brain that Joseph Seed's worldview, which is just fucking lucky bullshit prophecy, they make it all happen. And they make him 100% right. And you, all your friends are killed. And you are now his forever fuck slave flock prisoner in a fallout bunker. Blah. The thing that really irritates me about this is normally I would say, and then I went back and I tried to do it again choosing the other way. But there was no need to. I was ins- I was furious, by the way. I-, I do not remember the last time I was this angry at a fucking video game. It's probably Snake Eater, and all you have to do is ask a friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, what Seth thinks of Snake Eater, and you will know that for 15 fucking years I've been yelling at Jeff about what a terrible fucking game Snake Eater is. He loves Snake Eater. That binary choice actually doesn't mean anything because I began playing the next, you know, two days later, it took two days before I could even stomach the thought of playing Far Cry anything again. Somehow, either, I'm pretty sure they folded this license in with my copy of Far Cry 5, because I do not remember ever buying the license to the sequel, which is called Far Cry New Dawn. 
started playing Far Cry New Dawn. It is 17 years later. You are no longer the rookie. 17 years later, it's still in Hope County. Things have changed quite a bit. Uh, Nuclear winter has given way to, in this little pocket of this little world, with its dying resources and it's a radiated new growth forest I mean they nuke the entirety of Hope County by the way which endorses this nihilistic fucked up stupid view of Joseph Seed anyway Joseph is still evidently around but he's not the central focus at least not at first and I'm only uh, 15 hours into New Dawn Nuclear winter has given way to a bizarre, fully mutated nuclear spring. I will not ruin anything about Far Cry New Dawn for you, but I've been playing it and I'm enjoying it. At about hour 15, hour 12 or 10 or whatever, any time that I see something or someone that I know or knew from the other game. And I'm no longer the rookie, so they don't know me from fuck all. Or every time I put... It's a much better game, by the way, which is crazy, because actually, it's a better game. It's even prettier, and it's more performant than Far Cry 5. Um, anyway, it's very much a Mad Max style game in an irradiated, mutated, beautifully mutated, graffiti-cultured Highwayman, bandit, run, feudal survivalist, Hope County with a central colony that you're trying to protect from these, from this, from, from, from these, um, literally barbarian hordes called the Highwaymen, ruled by two sisters, two twins, in fact, um, who have, blown up your mission at the very beginning of the game and uh, really dislike you. And it, it, it's beautiful and stuff, but eventually you find out that the, well, the Peggies, because of all of their preparations and all their little bunkers and shit, all of which you've been in and out of and up and down and through and have blown up and have sabotaged and have you know, as the rookie in the previous game, all of them are basically back up and running, say nothing of their actual uh, of uh, their actual stronghold, and Joseph Seed might even still be alive in every time. Right now, the reason why I'm not playing that game, why I'm not playing Far Cry uh, New Dawn right now is that they basically they're going to drag this new character into that shit from Joseph Seed from the first game. And I can't stand the thought of seeing him again. Not not even I mean, he's such a cool character. I mean, he's a fantastic character and magnificent magnificent nemesis to have in a video game. Um, But implicitly and basically explicitly what the devs did with Far Cry 5 is endorse this insane, bleak, 
apocalyptic, magical thinking, cultist, um, really fucked up. I mean, it's not just like a fucked up post-apocalyptic vision of like a post-apocalyptic. No, they take everything from you at the end of Far Cry 5. And by virtue of the fact that the sequel takes place 17 years later in a post-apocalyptic Hope County as a different character, that means that the choice that you get to quote-unquote make at the ending of Far Cry 5 is absolute bullshit. They're going to kill and take everyone from you anyway. And bam, random nukes that fulfill this guy's prophecy. We're talking about the middle of nowhere in Montana, too, by the way. They don't even, like, mention, there's no ICBM sites or anything. They don't even, you know, background mention any military bases in the area. So why there are fucking seven, you know, fucking uh, seven fucking intercontinental ballistic missiles that basically hit within a fucking, I don't know, hundred square miles of each other in the middle of bumfuck Egypt. Although there is a good explanation for why that could happen. But if there's no fucking military targets in 100 square miles, trust me, your Mervs have got to be all fucked up. And that really upset me. And I'm still very upset. And I really do not like the fact that I have to deal with more of this stuff again, ruining New Dawn, which I got. I really like in this exact same way that I really like Far Cry 5 because it's gorgeous. It's better than uh, Far Cry 5. It has a different upgrade system and a different weapon system and a, and a crafting system that is better, more fully realized. Um, everything is simplified, made better, faster, sharper, prettier, more deadly, more dangerous, more exciting, um, and just fantastic and they they reintroduce this shit which they've already taken a piss and a shit in my mouth and then they to- now then they told me that it was raining with Far Cry 5 and now they're making me watch a video of them doing that to me I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically while fucking again as I'm watching this video of what they have done to me eating the shit and the piss metaphorically they're making me eat more shit and piss while telling me that I never ate shit or piss and that there's no shit no piss and that my pocket is filled with liquid my mouth is filled with liquid because it's simply raining it I'm very I'm literally it's been two weeks now since I beat the game and I'm still this angry and I will forever be this angry and there you go that is this week's episode of an overly long but hey I wanted to I wanted to literally I wanted to put out not just like how distasteful I found the ending of Far Cry 5 how ridiculous and distasteful it was but really how it is an endorsement of the mass murdering maniac who is your nemesis how it is an endorsement of his worldview and how he wins and how you lose I don't know if the rookie appears in Far Cry New Dawn but I'll find out 
And when I do, I'll let you know. It's still a great game, but man, it's really distasteful. I mean, to build something up so perfectly and then just to fucking take a shit all over it as if like every decision in terms of the development of the game that they had gotten so right so consistently every step of the way with maximum effort and maximum quality control and just supreme game and then they it's like as if all of those decisions that led to what prior to the ending of Far Cry 5 was one of the best adventure games and one of the best first person shooters I ever played in my entire life all of those good decisions it's literally as if they were all just stone blind accidents on behalf of the developers and not part of a concerted fucking thing and trust me this is developed by Ubisoft it's not like this is you know this is a triple A fucking title it's not like they ran out of time it's not like they ran out of money it's it. You know, I still stand by my review, though. But I, I cannot endorse. There you go. Cannot endorse those aspects of the game, and I find them infuriating. And you should too, because we're all smarter than this, and we're all. If you're if you're like ready to fucking play a game where you can shoot people in the head and watch their brains explode out the back of their skull and do this, like, five people, like, not in, like, you know, seven hours of gameplay, but in, like, 12 seconds, then you're already smart enough to know that the ending of this game is fucking bullshit, and that it's, it just, it, 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 um, it, 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 it's, it's emblematic of every terrible, uh, major trend that I hated that kept me from game criticism uh, over the last 15 years um, since I left the paper, mainly. But anyway, those are my feelings. And uh, cheers, remember, set your clocks forward. Of course, if you're hearing this, uh, right now it's 4.44. Be sure to pick up before the Kauai weekend sale ends tomorrow. Be sure to pick up uh, Yaiba, or however you pronounce it, Y A I B A Ninja Gaiden Z. It's three dollars, and trust me, you will not regret it. Um, and also uh, get Celeste, which uh, still has uh thirty at least thirty six hours while it's on super sale. One of BPR's favorites. He's the reason I bought. It. I have yet to play it because I've been this weekend has been a clusterfuck for me. All right, cheers. I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. I, oh, I leave you with my favorite part of Far Cry New Dawn. This is from In Game. Actually, I won't. I won't play it because Twitch, because uh, uh, SoundCloud might object to playing the whole song. But what I can do is I will literally please go watch uh, in the show notes for this week's show, the show blurb for this week's show under our videos of the week. Hear America the Beautiful, sung by I'm getting choked up thinking about this. I've listened to this maybe 20 times now. Verses that I did not know existed to America the Beautiful, sung by this chick at the camp, with one of the most magnificent voices and fantastic turns of phrase. 
it, it will choke you up. Cheers. Thanks for listening. All right, that's it. Let's get out of here. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.